0: There's a million things demanding your time. Contact lenses shouldn't be one of them. That's why we're excited about a great new company called Simple Contacts. This is making the process of renewing your prescription and buying contacts, well, simple. Simple Contacts is the most convenient way to get your contact lens prescription renewed and stock up on your brand of contacts. Get this. Instead of taking time off and spending hours with the doctor just to renew your prescription, you can do it online in under five minutes. This is vision care for the 21st century, and here's how it works. You take a quick self-guided vision test from your phone or computer. It's reviewed by a licensed doctor in 24 hours, and if your vision hasn't changed, you receive a renewed prescription and reorder your brand of contacts. It's simple. You can skip the office visit, but not the care. Simple Contacts offers every brand of lenses, and their prices are unbeatable. Plus, the prescription is just $20 Compare that with annual appointments, which can be $200 without insurance. Shipping is free. And best of all, my listeners get $20 off their first Simple Contacts order. To save $20 on your lenses, just go to simplecontacts.com slash fantasypros. Or enter the code FANTASYPROS at checkout. I want to mention this isn't a replacement for your periodic full-eye health exam. You still need those occasionally, but it is the most convenient way to renew a prescription and reorder your contacts. Don't take it from me, though. Simple Contacts has been rated five stars over 5,000 times on the App Store. That's pretty impressive. So check out Simple Contacts and get $20 off by going to simplecontacts.com slash fantasypros or just enter the code FANTASYPROS at checkout. Save yourself time, money, and a headache with Simple Contacts. Alright, let's talk some football. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast with Mike Tagliere and I'm Bobby Sylvester. We're on Twitter at Bobby Fantasy Pro and at Mike Tagliere NFL. Tags, how's it going today, buddy? It's
1: going, dude. We're solo. Sometimes it's nice to be solo because I just get to argue with you more often.
0: Yeah, that's fine. I mean, it's not like we really argue that much, but when we do, it's it's always fun.
1: It's entertaining, that's for sure.
0: So here's what we got planned today, man. We uh are going to hit on a little bit of news and then we're going to get to start sit. Obviously, we're going to cover like 30, 40 players like we usually do. But dude, this is the time of the year where like I'm trying to make an excuse to go to the grocery store every single day just in case it's finally happened, And Guess what? I saw them pomegranate season is here, baby. I'm so pumped. God,
1: that's the worst. I thought you were like saying you were going to the store so you wouldn't have to when it snowed eventually because it's now getting into like the 30 degree territory in Chicago and you're in St. Louis, so you're a little further south than me, but... It snows like once a year here, man. I don't know
0: what the issue is with you guys up north in Illinois, but it hardly snows You don't like pomegranates? Are you serious?
1: It's like candy that's really good for you. I don't like things that are really good for me, so I just needed, <laughs> I needed to stop eating altogether. So I've been doing this like intermittent fasting thing and it's been working, so, I mean, uh, I, I've been eating healthier, but I don't eat healthy things. So pomegranate doesn't. Dude, you got to try pomegranates. You've probably never even tasted them. I think I have. Uh, I'm not positive, <laughs> though, so I'm not going to say for certain.
0: <laughs> All right, man. Well, we do have some news to talk about. And we did uh, mention the Devontae Freeman actually breaking news on our YouTube live stream. It happened right as we were doing our live stream. And if you haven't seen those, you can go to youtube.com slash fantasy pros. We have a YouTube channel. Tags and I are doing these live streams. We were talking about waiver wire pickups yesterday, and Devonte Freeman was brought up. He is going on the IR tags. This is a big deal. What do we do with Ito Smith? Is he the guy or is it Tevin Coleman?
1: Yeah, that was crazy. On the live stream, we were talking about Ido Smith. He's someone that came up, and uh we were talking. And I was saying, legitimately, right before that news came out, I had said that I was like, "What if the Falcons shut down Devonta Freeman, knowing that their season, they're not going anywhere this year with the depleted defense they have, knowing that Tevin Coleman is going to be a free agent at the end of the year? Why don't they just ride him into the ground?" And uh literally, like moments later, no, like seconds. It was right after you said that I interrupted and said,
0: "Hey, I just saw breaking news."
1: It was nuts. Like, and I had no idea. Uh, I, I was just kind of putting everything together <laughs> when they announced him out for the week on a Monday. Day, which seemed really weird to me. So, uh, but yeah, no, we have a good time on that show. And, uh, you know, Tevin Coleman to me is someone that I would consider a high-end RB2. A lot of people are, are let down by his performances this year and he hasn't looked necessarily good, but he's also been dealing with an injury of his own and he's slowly getting healthier. Ido Smith hasn't received that many touches. The touchdowns have masked. He's got the touchdowns, but yeah, he's, he's been performing worse than Tevin Coleman. That's the thing. It's just like you, you, the, the touchdowns mask what has been a very mediocre performance out of him. I don't think either of them have been very special, but knowing that Tevin Coleman is going to be a free agent at the end of the year, why not use up that running back who has experience in the system? He's not a rookie. Uh, You know, the matchup against the Bucs last week wasn't even a great one. That's the thing that people overlook. Like, the Bucs have been relatively good against running backs in the ground. They've allowed a lot through the air. That's where they've really struggled. So uh, it didn't surprise me to see him struggle a little bit last week. I have him as a high-end RB2 for the remainder of the season, and I have Edo Smith in, like, that RB3 flex conversation, but I don't think he's, like, a must-play every single week. A lot of people are real
0: excited, and they had to go pick up Edo Smith. I think it's closer than you, but I'm not quite there yet where I would start him every single week. I mean, the snap count was—the difference was one snap. The touch count, Edo Smith had more touches. So I don't think this is like clearly Tevin Coleman, even though that's what the Falcons are saying. I think it's going to be more of a hot hand type of thing with Coleman having the upper hand. Um So, yeah, I mean, I've got Coleman as a— Low end RB2, high end RB3 rest of the season, but I'm nowhere near as bullish as you are.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. And that's the thing is like, we're going to see all this shake out. And it really does help that they play for a high scoring offense, knowing that their defense is going to allow a lot of points. You know, receptions are worth more than carries to running backs. So we definitely want to see those numbers go up. The other piece of news, and I don't think this one's really that big, but it's definitely something to
0: monitor. TJ Yeldon's been missing practice. He had the ankle injury a few weeks ago. Now he's got a foot injury as well. I think we might tags want to add Jamal Charles and I can't believe I'm saying that but just in case you get a starting running back this week and he's the only healthy running back in that backfield
1: well the issue is that they're playing against the Texans the Texans against the run this year have been like lights out they I mean I want to say that they've allowed one rushing touchdown on the year and that was to Saquon Barkley who seems to score on everyone they've only allowed one running back which was Saquon Barkley over 64 yards rushing against them
0: well, wouldn't you go wouldn't you take 18 touches from anyone
1: though I don't think they would give Charles 18 touches though. What are they gonna do? Pass the ball 70 times with Blake Bortles? <laughs> well, you're gonna find out. I do actually like Blake Bortles as a streamer this week, so there's that. It's really tough, cause I didn't like Yeldon even coming into this game. Even if he, if he even if he does play, I had him in like that high-end RB3 territory where he wasn't like a must-start, like you have to start him absolutely, uh, because Houston has been good, but I don't know. We just haven't seen Jamal Charles on a football field very much, so I just doubt that he's got 18 touches in him. I don't know, man. I mean, this might be like his last hurrah. Who's to
0: say he doesn't just go out there and say, give me the ball like Adrian Peterson last year when he got 30 touches? <laughs> that's not Jamal Charles, though. So. Well,
1: to be fair, there's been three running backs who have totaled 18 carries against Houston and none of them top 64 yards. Ezekiel Elliott, 20 carries, 54 yards. Rex Burke had 18 carries, 64 yards. And Derrick Henry, well, he's Derrick Henry, so.
0: Yes, <laughs> yep, you're definitely right. All right, man, that's all the news to really talk about. Um, if you don't already follow Tags and I on Twitter, again, that's at Bobby Fantasy Pro and at Mike Tagley, NFL. We try to get the news and the takeaways from that to you as quickly as possible. That way you don't have to wait for the next podcast to come out to hear what we think about players. Um, now, Tags, before we get into the quarterback starter set, I do want to remind you all we've got a contest where we're giving away a signed Devontae Adams helmet. Guys, this thing is beautiful. It's the real deal. It's fantasybros.com slash contest. Takes about 30 seconds to enter. All we're going to ask you to do is subscribe on Apple Podcasts and just write a quick review really helps out the show and it takes about 30 seconds to do Again, it's fantasypros.com slash contest now tags you were talking about Blake Bortles as a streamer I've got him down at like 15 16 so I don't think he's a horrible streamer there's actually four streamers I like ahead of him this week let's talk about some of those start sit options at the quarterback position Andy Dalton is going up against Kansas
1: City He's a start, right? Oh, you have to start him for sure. This game has an over-under of 58.5 points. The Chiefs have allowed uh, three quarterbacks to have 400-yard games against them. The touchdowns haven't been there the last two weeks, and that's gonna scare some people off, because over the last three weeks, they've only allowed two passing touchdowns, but it comes down to, it's like, you have to pick your poison, right? And I think they've allowed five rushing touchdowns in that time. So it's like, it's, it's more of like, they're getting down to the goal line and teams are punching it in on them, rather than like, they're not throwing the ball on them. You're able to throw the ball on the Chiefs. Uh, they don't have a cornerback who is even close to the talent level of AJ Green. Andy Dalton, traditionally over his career, has averaged one more fantasy point per game on the road. So, yeah, this game has shootout potential, right? and all over it, so Andy Dalton is... Actually, I have him as my number 5 quarterback right now. The Bengals are good, man. I actually think they're going to make the playoffs. I think it helps that they're going to get John Ross back. I think that Andy Dalton has missed him the last couple weeks, um, and he's expected back this week. He does stretch the field a little bit, opens things underneath for Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green. It did hurt that they lost Tyler Eifert, but I I do expect them to be a solid offense. Bill Lazor has done a fine job with this offense.
0: I saw a compilation of all of Vontez Berfick's cheap shots over his career, and someone said, we need to be talking about just banning this guy from the NFL. I I just wanted to say, I know this isn't fantasy advice, but I 100% support that. If you want to clean up the game, jerks like him who are trying to hurt people and ruin their lives kick him out of the game for good what do you think about that tags
1: oh yeah i mean i'm surprised he hasn't been already like he's been suspended multiple times for peds and stuff like that and he's had some bad hits on players including antonio brown um so that's why juju smith when he stood over him last year it was like almost like yeah like you're usually the one giving the hits i fell in love with juju when that happened i mean the thing is is Juju's just as bad for doing the same thing to him though i mean i don't know it wasn't a cheap shot dude he just destroyed him yeah it wasn't i guess it wasn't a cheap shot but he was blindsided but either way i mean yes i'm surprised that that guy hasn't been suspended yet so I I would agree with that take and you know if they're suspending guys for smoking pot then I think that it's a bigger deal that they, they stop people from getting hurt in the league more than they do worry about that stuff so let's say you've got Drew
0: Brees or Matthew Stafford at Miami Drew Brees is going up against Baltimore by the way would you pick up Andy Dalton to start this week or would you just run Brees or Stafford out there
1: I would start Andy Dalton over both those guys
0: Okay, I, I, but what if you have to drop somebody to do it? I wouldn't drop Brees or Stafford. I'm I'm not saying drop them. I'm saying drop you know your backup running back that you've been hanging on to.
1: I mean, if, if it's a player that like literally is just a handcuff, yeah, you could drop him because you're probably going to be able to pick him up again after the week. I'm not, I don't want to drop Drew Brees to start Andy Dalton. Matthew Stafford is more of like the streamer. He's been really good. It's because their defense isn't very good, but his matchup this week against Miami isn't great. So yeah, I, I definitely would start Dalton over both those guys. So if you can make that happen with your fantasy team,
0: do it. I'd drop Stafford to pick up Dalton if I had to, but hopefully have someone better to drop. Deshaun Watson, I would not drop. But he's not even startable this week, I don't think. I've got him as my QB 17 against Jacksonville. I know Jacksonville's been eaten up lately, but I think they're still the best or second best defense in the NFL. I might put them behind the Bears. I know some others would say the Rams. I don't think the Rams are in the same atmosphere right now. Baltimore's there, I guess, as well. But you don't play Deshaun Watson against Jacksonville, right?
1: Yeah, I'm not, I would not play him against Jacksonville. Um, you know, last week was kind of like an outlier in what's been a a dominant defense. I think they just had a bad week. They had an off week. Everybody's entitled to that. They're coming back home. They need to get back on track. You know, this Houston offensive line is not equipped to handle what Jacksonville brings. They have crazy athletes there and then they have, you know, cornerbacks that can hang with Will Fuller and uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So it's going to be really tough for Deshaun Watson this week. And we can't forget, like before that Dak Prescott performance, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes combined for just 547 yards and two touchdowns against this defense like they are elite they're back at home this is a, a get right spot for them Deshaun Watson is my number 17 quarterback this week so yeah there's plenty of quarterbacks I'd rather play than him
0: okay so we talked about Dalton Bree Stafford Watson let's go to some of the trickier ones here Baker Mayfield at Tampa perfect matchup
1: where do you have him love it have him at number eight. Oh, number eight mm-hmm who ECR has him at fourteen. Yeah, I'm probably the boldest on Baker Mayfield this week, and that's fine. You know, I was looking at this, and like I, I told people that Baker Mayfield is kind of like the opposite of Mitch Trubisky, where his numbers they they just don't match what they've done on the field. And it's not to say that Baker's been great; he's made some bad decisions, but he he he's throwing the ball well. He looks fine. Uh, Whereas Trubisky, his numbers look great, but on the field, it doesn't, he doesn't look that great. So Mayfield, I looked at it, his, his wide receivers have a drop rate of 9.8%. That ranks as the most in the NFL. There's just two other quarterbacks whose receivers have more than a 6.6% drop. That's not going to go away though, right? It, it. I mean, it's it's hard to see Jarvis Landry continuing to drop passes. It's hard to see uh, Callaway continually getting 10 targets and catching four of them. Like, that stuff can't keep happening. And going against the Bucks, this is, like, legitimately their chance to, like, straighten everything out. The matchups they have are ridiculous. Like, Jarvis Landry's going to match up with a rookie, MJ Stewart in the slot. You have Callaway, who's going to match up with Brent Grimes. And, I mean, we don't know if Carlton Davis is coming back. David
0: Njoku might catch 20 passes, including five touchdowns. <laughs> he's, he's my number one tight end this week over Ertz, Kelsey. Gronk everyone
1: I don't know if I'd put him number one but he's definitely in my top five for sure and he's like a cash game play this week as I mentioned the Bucks now have allowed five straight quarterbacks to throw for 334 yards and four of five of them have thrown for three touchdowns like just because they fired their defensive coordinator doesn't all of a sudden make them a more talented team it doesn't yeah so we've
0: got four other quality streamers behind Dalton who you probably can't pick up right now Mayfield is available in like half of leagues but Flacco, Trubitsky, Blake Bortles, Eli Manning I mean, Bortles goes up against Houston, but he's going to pass the ball a ton. He's probably going to run the ball seven or eight times as well. And then Eli Manning gets Atlanta. Trubisky gets the the Patriots at home. Flacco gets the uh, New Orleans Saints. Tags, which of these four, if you had to choose one, do you like the best, and which one is the worst?
1: I have Trubisky one spot higher than Bortles, but it's really close between the two. I, I really don't know which one I would choose. I'd probably go Trubisky, because at least we know his offensive line is healthy. At least we know his receivers, like like he has a run game. There, there's just like some things about that. It, it could turn into a shootout in that game, um, but Bortles, the reason that you should like him, it's weird, so... He has played better at home in his career, but I wanted to see, like, I, I looked through his career against, against te- the Texans, who have had a, a great defense for some time. Their pass rush has always been good. So I looked at that. On the road against the Texans, he's averaged just 143 yards per game, 0.3 touchdowns, and 0.8 interceptions. He's been terrible in Houston. However, in the four games at home, he's averaged 281 yards, 2.3 touchdowns per game. They don't have a run game right now. Houston's corner, like Houston is going to bring the pressure and Bortles is going to have to get the ball out. But at the same time, the cornerbacks in Houston are just not very good. So, I mean, Bortles, I think, comes with a solid floor. As we've mentioned before, he's run the ball. We know their defense is going to play well this week, probably put him in good positions. And that's when Bortles plays better. So I think I have him at number 15 uh, among quarterbacks. So I don't think he's like a must play or anything like that. But I think he's a solid streamer.
0: I've got him higher even against Houston. Here's the reason why. He's sixth in the NFL with 237 pass attempts. Trubisky's 24th with 161. I mean, we're talking about an extra 10, 12 pass attempts a game. I think even Bortles against Houston can make up that difference.
1: It's, it's fair to say that. It's just, uh, I mean, like we're talking about a New England defense that allowed 377 yards and four touchdowns to Blake Bortles. I mean, and Trubisky's a better quarterback than Blake Bortles. I'm not arguing with that. And that's the thing. Like, I don't know. If Khalil Mack, they're saying that he could be out this week. And it's like, you know, Tom Brady, does he throw on the Bears? Like, what happens here if Khalil Mack is out and this game turns into a sneaky shootout because New England just doesn't have a great defense? I don't know. I think this is going to be an interesting one. Did you see Belichick's reaction when uh, when uh they asked if
0: Khalil Mack was like Lawrence Taylor? No. You know, whenever Belichick's being interviewed, he's always just like, on to the next game. Oh, for sure. And, uh, you know, when they asked him about that, he got really emotional about it. And he was like, Are you seriously going to be comparing people to Lawrence Taylor? He's the greatest of all time. He, he was pretty emotional and worked up. It was funny to see.
1: That is funny. I, I've, I've never seen Bill Belichick worked up like that over a question. But I mean, <laughs> Cleo Mack, you're, I mean, that's the thing is like, I don't like comparing people to Hall of Famers, but Cleo Mack is, he's a monster, as, as was Taylor.
0: I've got Joe Flacco on number one on this list against, uh, against the Saints. He's just passing the ball so much. I think he's better than Bortles. I think it's a better matchup. And he's going to pass the ball as much as Bortles. And of the four, I've got Eli Manning last.
1: You're not alone in the Joe Flacco thing. But here's the thing. I have Flacco actually last on my list. Ooh, okay. I believe the Saints defense is starting to turn things around. Through the first three weeks, they allowed 10 passing touchdowns, 11.2 yards per attempt. And now, over the last two weeks, they've played just one passing touchdown, 6.6 yards per attempt.
0: And that's what we expected going into the season. So it's not unlikely that they would continue that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm trying to figure out how their secondary is going to handle it because, so the thing is, if they take Marshawn Lattimore and put him on Michael Crabtree, which which seems likely, then they have to worry about Ken Crawley getting beat deep by John Brown. If they put... Marshawn Lattimore on John Brown, then Crabtree can, like, he could just tower over Ken Crawley every day of the week. Ken Crawley has allowed the best quarterback rating in his, it's like a 155 quarterback rating in his coverage this year. He's been terrible. So I'm really curious to see how they attack that, but I just think this game is going to be a little bit lower scoring than people think.
0: By the way, everyone needs to go out and trade for Michael Crabtree right now. If you need a wide receiver. I think Michael Crabtree is a great guy to pick up. I mean, he's top 10 in targets in the NFL and his rest of the season schedule. Saints, Steelers, Bengals, Falcons, Chiefs, Bucks, Chargers. I mean, those are, that's what, seven of the
1: top 10 easiest defenses to go against? That's crazy. I didn't realize he was top 10 in targets. I knew that he passed John Brown. I knew that happened, but I didn't realize he was top 10. Actually, those are seven of the top
0: seven defenses to go against. I think Michael Crabtree is is a wide receiver to rest of the season.
1: Well, I mean, that's that's pretty bold because he's not scoring touchdowns. And the thing is, is like Flacco has never supported like a high touchdown receiver. So that's my concern with Crabtree. I, I think he'll be a solid wide receiver three. It's kind of like how I viewed him before the season, where it's like he was underperforming, but eventually he'll get there.
0: Yeah. All right, man, just really quick. Three more guys I want to talk about who are there kind of on the cusp. If you have to decide between Phillip Rivers, Andrew Luck, Carson Wentz, which way are you going? I would go Wentz. Wentz against Carolina. That's the best matchup.
1: The lack of run game. I I just feel like Wentz is going to continue to put up those low-end QB1 numbers. I think that's probably fair because Buffalo and Tennessee
0: both have such good defenses. I would go with Wentz as well. Now, where would you, what would you do with them if you've got like Breeze or Stafford? Would you play Breeze or Stafford over Rivers or Luck? I would play
1: Breeze and Stafford over Luck for sure, but I wouldn't play them over Wentz, I don't think.
0: I'd play Breeze and Stafford over both.
1: It's close, man. Like, I have Breeze right next to Wentz in my rankings.
0: Yeah, it is. All all those guys are really close. But, you know, we get these start-sit questions all the time. And if we can't answer your specific scenario, Tags and I both post our rankings. Tags posts the primer, and he's going to give you all the information you could possibly want. All of my rankings pinned in my Twitter. Again, that's at BobbyFantasyPro. Now, Tags, let's move on over to running back. But first, I want to talk about FanDuel, right? So I came on here last week, and I was telling people, hey, you need to go try out this World Fantasy Football Championship uh contest that they have going on where you sign up. You've got like a 1 in 7,000 chance. But if you have that number one lineup, then you get to go to a live final in New York City. You get to stay at a hotel, watch the contest live, and see all the games. You can win some big money, like $500,000. And I got a tweet from someone last week saying, hey, thanks for telling me to sign up for that contest. I won. And it's like a $62,000 value, right? Because <laughs> that's the average ticket. So uh, you can be like that guy. Go check out what FanDuel has. They've got the World Fantasy Football Championship and all kinds of contests for all kinds of players. You can play Thursday night games. You can play with all kinds of kickers and stuff. Uh, they've got a lot of stuff going on. So check out FanDuel. For sure. Isn't that crazy, Tags? It is crazy. I'm jealous. It was like <laughs> it was like advice that we were giving too. Like he stacked Jameis Winston, Cam Bray, Chris Godwin, and then he went and used uh, Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon. The only thing is, neither of us talked about Albert Wilson. He plugged him into his lineup, so good for him.
1: The guy who won the Millionaire Maker this week played Brock Osweiler and Albert Wilson. What? I don't know what happened, man. Like, I, what was he thinking? I mean, whatever he was thinking, it worked. And that's the thing is, like, I, I've come to the realization that I'm just not—I'm not a great tournament player. Like, I, I can spot some good plays, but I'm—I'm I'm a, such a better cash game player than I am tournaments. Can you imagine if I would have told you that I was playing Brock Osweiler on last week's DFS show? You would have. I would have laughed at you. You would have chewed me out
0: so much, man. I would have laughed at you. And you would like have the- told me like you need to find another job.
1: I actually posted something on Twitter on Sunday morning. Say, I said that uh, I said, who would you rather play this week? Like legit question. I said, who would you rather play, Brock Osweiler against the Bears or Lamar Jackson? And 66% of the people said Lamar Jackson. Wow. Yeah, because he'd get some rushing totals. Like, they figured that Osweiler was basically going to get maybe a point or two and that he would maybe, he actually might finish negative. I would have actually said he probably would have scored less than 10 points. That would have been my prediction. That's really funny. Yeah. All right, let's go running
0: backs here. And Alex Collins finally had a good week, but you start him against the Saints who have a good run defense again this year?
1: I mean, yeah, it, the thing is, is when you look at the running back picture and like you start going through it and it's like, oh my God, like, yeah, four teams on by it's ugly this week. Yeah. Who are you going to start over him? running backs ugly every single week, but who are you going to start over? I'm like, it, he's in the territory. I'd start Royce Freeman over him against Arizona. I have Royce Freeman in the same exact territory. Like those, those guys are both low end RB twos for me. uh, Where you know Freeman, we have to worry about Philip Lindsay, but Alex Collins. The only thing we have to worry about with him is game script. Like if if the Saints jump out to an early lead, then Alex Collins is going to be game scripted out. He's like entirely splitting
0: touches with Buck Allen. I think it's pretty much the same, except that Royce Freeman's really good and has a great matchup against Arizona, and Alex Collins is. I won't say he's really bad, but he's one of the
1: worst starting running backs in the NFL and he goes up against the Saints. Buck Allen, he only had one one carry last week, so it's like I don't know, it's always tough to predict the Baltimore backfield, but if there's one thing that we do know, it's that Alex Collins is the best goal line back there and you're not going to run for a whole lot of yards against the Saints, but you can score in goal line situations. Doesn't Buck Allen have four touchdowns? He played behind Gus Edwards last week. I don't know what happened. I I haven't heard an explanation about that one. Uh, I know that they were up in that game, but they weren't like up four touchdowns where it was like, up oh, bench everybody. I don't know what's going on there. He's got four touchdowns and 97 yards on the season. Yeah, that's crazy. That's
0: crazy. <laughs> it's like Patrick Mahomes numbers. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I have Collins in low end RB2 territory. I don't think you have to bench him or anything like that. I don't think so either. I would rather play guys like Philip Lindsay, like Royce Freeman, even Peyton Barber against Cleveland. What do you think about Peyton Barber?
1: I have Barber is someone that I, I wouldn't mind starting this week. Um Cleveland, there's been a weakness in the run game for sure. Um, You know, you look at it, they've allowed, I think it's three running backs now who have who run for more than 100 yards against them. They really have a weakness up the middle. It seems like they're going to be without one of their starting linebackers this week. There's a lot of things to worry about in that Tampa team, and most of them are in the receiving game. So Peyton Barber, he might be another fine start. I have him ranked as the number 27 running back on my list this week. So um I definitely think that he's in the high-end RB3 category that you can start. Yeah. OK, let me give you three names here.
0: Corey Clement faced Carolina. Tariq Cohen against the Patriots. Kenyon Drake faced Detroit. Now, Detroit's really easy to pick on, so that moves Drake into the conversation. I've got him number three, though. Who do you have one, two, three of this group? Clement, Cohen, Drake.
1: Yeah, Clement and Drake I have down at number 28 and 29, so those guys are like, they're startable for sure, but I have Tariq Cohen all the way up at number 14.
0: 14. Mm-hmm.
1: I came up with a great comparison. I think he's like a Chris Thompson, James White-esque player. And he's playing in an offense that's scoring points. The Patriots, over the last two weeks, have allowed 16 receptions for 168 yards and a touchdown to running backs. And that's highlighted, obviously, by Naheem Hines, 7 catches, 45 yards, and Kareem Hunt five catches for 105 yards and a touchdown. We've seen Jordan Howard's snap count go down every single week. 51% last week. Yep, and Tariq Cohen just looks fantastic. You know, the, the way that they're able to use him, the way they're able to disguise things with him on the field because if they put him in motion, line him up out wide or they do a reverse with him, it creates a lot of of situations where the defense has they have to rely on their defensive players to make a play. And there was a play last week where he was used on like a reverse and he bounced the run outside and I was like, oh my God, this, this play is going to go forever. And then Rashad Jones, the stud safety for Miami, made a great open field tackle on him. But it's like those plays that I don't think the Patriots have the players to stop him in the open field. So does anybody have the players to stop Tariq Cohen? I mean, Rashad Jones did, but, uh, but Tariq Cohen, I think he's a fantastic start. I would start him over someone like Adrian Peterson this week. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm not
0: going to fight you on that because I, I know that we're alone in the industry because his ECR right now, that's expert consensus rankings. He's RB24. I've got him in my top 20 as well, but 14, that's Baldwin. I agree. I think Tariq Cohen is better than James White and better than Chris Thompson. He just doesn't have quite the role or the scheme. But this game against the Patriots, I love the Bears, right? I think that they're an actual Super Bowl contender this year, depending on what Trubisky does, but they're probably going to be playing from behind, even at home against the Patriots, and that's perfect for Cohen
1: yeah no I that's what I'm saying I dig it and that's that's the thing is like he's a high floor running back and he's got a ceiling as high as some of these other guys so I mean I'd rather have James White on my fantasy team sure but Tre'Quan Cohen is like a, a light version of that
0: Isaiah Crowell
1: this is this is a
0: spot where I don't even ever want to talk about it because it's embarrassed us so much <laughs> but like we do have to give the advice do you play Crowell against the Vikings
1: no I can't ever play him man I can't do it I'm just going to pretend that I didn't hear the question. Here's the thing: he's the Amari Cooper of running backs. Yet I don't think he's as talented as Cooper. The thing is, here's the thing: Crowell. I've, I've told all of my haters out there that said, "Oh, you said not to draft Isaiah Crowell." I've said that. I'm sorry, and I said that Isaiah Crowell looks much better than I thought he would. Like once he gets into the open field, like his speed, he's outrunning linebackers, he's outrunning cornerbacks, safeties. Like he's he looks extremely good in the open field. Sure, but he's also got more than 40 rushing yards in two out of six weeks. Exactly. And the thing is he's actually been out touched by uh Bilal Powell, eighty five to seventy eight, so it's not like Crowell is receiving the better part of that timeshare. Now granted he's scoring touchdowns, and that's the thing. It's like if he doesn't score a touchdown, he's going to bust because the way he scored touchdowns even in those two games you've talked about are long touchdowns. He's breaking long runs. Do we think that Minnesota allows those long runs I mean Todd Gurley was the only running back who was able to reach 60 yards on the ground against the Vikings
0: I'm not doing it man I know ECR's got him at 29 and maybe he does score a garbage touchdown or two but I'm not banking on a running back like this against the Vikings I'm sorry I
1: don't I don't want to either but like the thing is is like here let's let's throw out some scenarios like Isaiah Crowell or Frank Gore that's close that's really close Uh against Detroit Frank Gore yeah I have Gore two spots higher another one who I've right in between them is Wendell Smallwood I don't have Smallwood that high. I would, I would rather play Crowell than Smallwood. But again, that's, that's close. That's fair. That's fair. I think that you might be right on that one. Like I'm I'm still finalizing my ranks. Let's pretend that Dalvin Cook is out. Would you rather play Latavius Murray against the Jets or Isaiah Crowell? Definitely Murray. And Marlon Mack against Buffalo. Marlon Mack for sure. Marlon Mack is a start.
0: Yeah. I would also play Austin Eckler face Tennessee
1: over him. Ito Smith faced the Giants. Chris Thompson against Dallas. Oh yeah, Chris Thompson, if he plays, like if he's healthy and he gets back to practice, Chris Thompson's a top 24 play.
0: Jamal Charles against Houston, because I do think he's going to get 15 touches. I mean, there's a, that's a lot of guys' tags. I I don't know. I've got Crowell down at my RB36 right now. He's He's not even a flex play for me.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, like like I said, I to me, it's like, you know, we're in the middle of bye weeks. I understand if you want to put him in your lineup, but understand the risk that he comes with. Marlon Mack, though, you brought him up. I think a lot of people wonder, should they start him? Is he like a must start? Yes. He totaled 89 rushing yards last week on 12 carries, and that was 28 more yards than any other Colts running back this year has given you. The Bills run defense, like the Bills defense as a whole, has cleaned up over the last four weeks in their run defense. They're not as good as the Jets, though. I don't think they're as good as the Jets run defense. No, I don't. But they are playing better. But here's the thing. Marlon Mack is going to have plenty of opportunities in this game. So they're, um, they faced at least 20 rushing attempts in five of six games, Buffalo has. And it's because they're not throwing up massive points on the, on the board. So teams are able to run the ball. Marlon Mack's the type of running back is, is if you give him, you know, 15 plus touches, he's going to break one of those. And even if his offensive line isn't great, it's, it's kind of like watching Isaiah Crowell, right? Where it's like, like Marlon Mack's a different type of running back, but once he gets in the open field, he's electric. So he's going to bounce run. He All it takes is one of those long runs for him to do it. The Colts have averaged over 30 uh, points per game the last three weeks. So knowing that they're scoring opportunities, knowing that there's nobody else in the roster that's even close to him from a talent standpoint, I like Marlon Mack, and I have him as my number 26 running back this week. And honestly, I might move him up from there.
0: Okay, let's go with a couple other running backs, and we'll just go lightning round here. Just start or sit. Naheem Hines face Buffalo.
1: Uh, I, I, I'd i say that he's a sit, I guess. I mean you could start him in PPR. Yeah. I'm I've got him at
0: RB thirty four, so I guess you could flex him. I wouldn't feel great about it. Lamar Miller at Jacksonville. Sit. Sit. Deion Lewis against the Chargers at Los Angeles.
1: Borderline. He's like right by Naheem Hines. Like they're like they're outside my top thirty six running backs, but they're right on the borderline where they're like it's it's ugly at the running back position. I mean, I'd rather start Duke Johnson than than Deion Lewis. I
0: was just gonna say Duke Johnson.
1: Yeah, I'd rather play him than Deion Lewis or uh Naheem Hines.
0: I want it. I would play Hines and then Lewis by one spot, and then Duke Johnson.
1: Yeah, Duke Johnson and Bilal Powell, I mean, those two are. I'm having a tough time deciding between. And the thing is, if Duke Johnson doesn't get touches this week against Tampa, because as I've mentioned, Tampa, where they struggle is not on the ground. They struggle through the air, and like that's how you move the ball against them. So to know that there's been three running backs who have totaled at least uh, 55 yards through the air, two of them with more than 100 yards, Duke Johnson needs to be involved in this game.
0: All right, last one. Raheem Mostar against the Rams.
1: Uh, Mostert, I would not, I would not play him. Not quite yet. He's worth owning. He, he is, and I actually picked him up in a couple of leagues. I lost out on a couple of bids too. I just, I was grabbing him just because there's a chance that he turns into something. But I'm not going to accept one week uh, of production, you know, as as something that they're going to do going forward. And on top of that, the Rams, I mean, teams against them, I want to say, are averaging just 20.2 carries per game, which is the second lowest in the NFL. So knowing that he's going to be sharing with Matt Breida he might see 10 carries even if he is the number two running back. So not in love with him this week.
0: All right, moving on over to wide receiver. But first, a word from one of our sponsors, Simple Contacts. If you wear contact lens and find yourself dreading that annual appointment to renew your prescription, you're going to love Simple Contacts. It's a great new company that makes this annoying process. Well, very simple. Simple Contacts lets you renew your expired contact lens prescription and reorder your brand of lenses from your phone or computer in minutes. Simple Contacts brings the doctor's office to wherever you are, whenever you need it. You can take the Simple Contacts vision test online in five minutes, a real doctor reviews it, and if your vision hasn't changed, renews your prescription. You save time, save money, Save yourself a headache. And if you already have an unexpired prescription, just upload a photo of it or your doctor's info and order your lens in minutes for a great price. They do all the hard work for you. This is vision care for the 21st century. Simple Context offers every brand of lenses and their prices are unbeatable. Plus, the prescription is just $20 $20. Compare that with annual appointments, which can be $200 without insurance. Shipping is free, and best of all, my listeners get $20 off their first Simple Contacts order. To save $20 off your lenses, just go to simplecontacts.com slash fantasypros or enter the promo code fantasypros at checkout. I want to mention this isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. You still need those occasionally, but it is the most convenient way to renew a prescription and reorder your contacts if your vision hasn't changed. Again, Check out Simple Contacts and get $20 off by going to simplecontacts.com slash fantasypros or just enter the promo code fantasypros at checkout. Give it a try. Thank me later. Man, I'm looking at rankings right now. Tags, I cannot believe Adam Thielen and Tyreek Hill right now are ECR number one and two. Ahead of Julio Jones, A.J. Green, Odell Beckham, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen. This is nuts. This season has been nuts.
1: Yeah, Adam Thielen's my number one receiver, too. It's like, you know, he's he's the number one receiver in fantasy, and he's now going up against potentially the worst slot cornerback in the league. Um, Buster Screen is probably out, who's bad, and Perry Nickerson's his backup, and it's just not been pretty. So he's my number one receiver. Tyree Kill is not my number two, but um, I understand why people want to put him there.
0: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I understand it. Okay, let's look at some of these starter sick guys. Um, People have stopped asking about John Brown and Kenny Galladay. They know that you start them every week at this point. What about Josh Gordon, though, against the Bears?
1: Yeah, uh I'd start him. And that's the thing is like, so he played just 18 snaps in his first two games with the Patriots. And then all of a sudden he jumped Chris Hogan on the depth chart and he played 63 of 78 snaps second only uh, behind Julian Edelman last week. So he was targeted nine times against the chiefs. Brady is throwing it. If he sees one-on-one coverage, Brady's throwing it up to him. That's just the way it is. And like, he's, he's developing more chemistry. The bears They do bring pressure. If they're without Khalil Mack, it's going to hurt a little bit, obviously, because Leonard Floyd hasn't gotten to the quarterback. But here's the thing. The weak spot on that team is the cornerback position. And th- that's why we saw Albert Wilson dominate yards after the catch. The safeties weren't even good last week. But Josh Gordon, he's just a physical presence. And even if even if Kyle Fuller, he doesn't travel with wide receivers. He stays at left cornerback, which is the opposite side of Josh Gordon. So that means Gordon is going to see Prince of Mucamara more than half the time. And like these guys just don't have the talent to hang with someone like Gordon in one-on-one situations. So unless the Bears give help over the top, it's going to be messy. So I have Gordon as my number 22 receiver. I believe that the cornerback position is the Bears' weakness on defense.
0: Tags, have had a lot of people asking me about Calvin Ridley. He's got back-to-back bad games, 38 yards, 47 yards, no touchdowns against the Steelers, and then against the Bucs. He's coming off the ankle injury. He's only got 22 receptions in six games. Is he a must-start against the Giants?
1: I mean, as long as we see him practicing, I I do think that he's someone that needs to be started uh, because the the way the Giants have defended the wide receiver position, it's really odd. I don't know what to expect going into this week, but I would assume that they're going to go back to Janoris Jenkins shadowing opposing number ones because for whatever reason they didn't do that last week against Alshon Jeffrey and he made them pay with two touchdowns so uh, I would assume that Janoris Jenkins is gonna be back on Julio Jones which would mean Eli Apple would see Calvin Ridley and that's a great matchup for Ridley the 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 issue is is like we want to make sure that he's he's on track to play because that's a Monday night game and it's very unlikely you have a wide receiver who can you can kind of plug in because let's think about it. Like Sterling Shepard, Odell Beckham are owned. Julio Jones is obviously owned. Mohamed Sanu is owned. You'd have to go with someone like Justin Hardy, and nobody wants to do that.
0: Tags Corey Davis has one game with over six standard league fantasy points this year. Mm -hmm. He goes up against the
1: Chargers. Is Casey Hayward going to be shadowing him? And if he does... Can we even play Corey Davis? Um, Yeah, Corey Davis is, (laughs) he's on my sit list. And it it seems like we have him here a lot. And the thing is, is like when you have a, a wide receiver who's talented like him going up against an elite cornerback, it's like, okay, can he win this matchup? I mean, at times, sure, but his quarterback also has to put in the vicinity, which is something that Marcus Mariota has him doing. And not get sacked 11 times in a game. Well, that too, but that's that, that part of that was on poor pocket presence, though. Like, he had no understanding of where he was on the field. He kept stepping into sacks. Like, Marcus Mariota just looked bad last week, and he's looked bad for a while, so um he's seeing ghosts now at this point, but Corey Davis, like... Casey Hayward's a really tough matchup. I mean, he has been basically one of the best cornerbacks in the league over the last 2 years. He struggled at the start of the year, but and, like now he he's coming back into his own. This is a guy that allowed a sub 60 quarterback rating in his coverage over the last 2 years. So, I'm not betting on Corey Davis this week. Like the volume is fine, but I mean, I would be hard-pressed to say that he's going to score more fantasy points than someone like like Willie Sneed this week.
0: I'll say this. After he gets shut down by Casey Hayward, and I do think that he's going to, I'm going to go out and trade for him. He's going into his buy. I think the owner's going to either sell him, or maybe some people are going to be dropping Corey Davis. But he's got a much better second-half schedule. Corey Davis is going to continue getting 27 28% target share. He's extremely talented. I think he's going to provide plenty of good games. Uh, I've still got him top 25 rest of the season. What about you, Tags? I mean, do you, do you agree? Do you think he's a wide receiver three, high-end wide receiver three going forward?
1: Yeah, I do. I mean, the thing is, is like, can Mariota continue to be this bad? No, I don't think so. And that's the thing is like, do I think he's a terrible quarterback? Not terrible, but I, th- I don't think that he's anything that like a franchise should build around. I think that's who he was supposed to be. Um But Corey Davis, it's been a brutal schedule. I have him at 29 in my rest of season ranking, so I still view him as a wide receiver three. This week isn't going to help matters. I know that, but I would rather have him than someone like like Demaryius Thomas. Yeah. Tags, you mentioned Casey Hayward
0: and how good he is. Can you imagine if they had Jason Verrett there too? Hunter Henry wasn't on the IR. Joey Bosa was healthy. I think we'd be talking about the Chargers as one of the best teams in the NFL.
1: Yeah, the, the Chargers still can be one of the best teams in the NFL. The offense is playing really well. They got their run game going. They haven't even had to go to the pass very much. And when they have Phillip Rivers has made, you know, he's been there every moment of the way. Um, that defense, man, they're coming around and once they get Bosa back, it's going to change the entire makeup. So yeah, they're a team to watch out for for sure.
0: Hunter Henry hasn't been rolled out for the year yet either.
1: I don't know why they're doing that. I mean, I would not push him back. Now, I mean, the tight end position's been non-existent for them and they've done fine. Um, Hunter Henry would be nice to have back around playoff time, but, I, I don't think they should push him to, like, risk his future. All right, man. Sammy Watkins coming off a bad game. He gets Cincinnati.
0: I think you play him most weeks. I mean, you can't... It's like you were saying with Amari Cooper last week. You can't rely on on big weeks or decent weeks from any wide receiver three... But Watkins is going to give you enough that you start him against a team like Cincinnati. At least I think so.
1: Yeah, and that's where I'm at with him. It's like you hit it right in the head saying that, you know, none of these guys in this range are like like Sterling Shepard is not a produce every week type of guy. Marquise Goodwin, Keelan Cole, Devin Funches, none of these guys produce every single week. And the two games that Watkins has had like a bad game, it's been when Tyreek Hill goes completely off, like nuclear. Like Tyreek Hill, those two games... Are, he has two of the top five performances from wide receivers this year. Like, that's just crazy ridiculous. So to see that Sammy Watkins didn't perform in those games is not surprising. Um But in the other games, there's three other full games that Sammy Watkins played. In those games, he averages 5.7 receptions for 77 yards. That's great. Yeah, the Bengals are on a shutdown defense. This game, as I mentioned, has an over-under of 58.5 points. And it seems like the Bengals are going to be without slot cornerback Darkeese Denard. They're going to have to turn to undrafted free agent Tony McRae in the slot. And... Watkins and Tyreek Hill both play around 40% of their snaps in the slot. So it's it's a week where Kansas City can essentially choose what they want to do. They want to run the ball. They can do that. If they want to throw the ball, they can do that. Whichever receiver they want. Tight end because their safety, Sean Williams, is dealing with a concussion and he might miss the game. So yeah, this Chiefs offense, you want parts of them. So I have Sammy Watkins at number 26.
0: I've got Sammy Watkins at 26 as well. That's interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to give you three names here. You tell me which one you would start if you had to decide between them. Taylor Gabriel against the Patriots. Keelan Cole against the Texans. Marquise Goodwin coming off the big week against the Rams. I'm going Gabriel. I
1: think it's got to be Goodwin for me. Really? Wow, I'm shocked to hear you say that. Yeah, my order would be Goodwin, Cole, and Gabriel. That's my opposite. Wow, man. That is crazy. So, the thing is Marquis Goodwin, like he he's been dealing with injuries to his quad, to his hamstrings beginning of the year. That's obviously going to limit someone who relies on speed. People are going to be like, well, yeah, he produced last week, but he only saw five targets. Well, C.J. Bethard also threw the ball just 23 times, so it's a good target share. The reason that I like Goodwin is because he's running into the Rams' corners at the, at the perfect time. Marcus Peters has been terrible. Sam Shields was benched for Troy Hill, and then Troy Hill was benched for Sam Shields again because he was bad. Um So here's the thing. Over the last four weeks, this is what the combination of cornerbacks has allowed. 688 yards, nine touchdowns on 49 targets in coverage. That is 14 yards per target with a touchdown every 5.4 targets. Knowing that C.J. Bethard is going to throw the ball a ton, like this is not a week where he's going to throw the ball 23 times. So he's going to throw the ball a lot. I, you could see 40 pass attempts for him, maybe even more than that. So Marquis Goodwin against these cornerbacks who are really struggling. I, I kind of like him. People were really mad at me on Twitter today, Tags, when I put the Patriots
0: as my favorite for, to win the Super Bowl right now over the Rams. But the Rams can't win with their secondary, how it is. Their defense has been. I mean, I guess the Patriots' defense has been horrible too, but I mean, it's the Patriots.
1: I, I would still probably take the Rams over the Patriots, right? If I was forced to choose right now, I would say the Rams. Um, but it's, it's really close. Cause the thing is, is Tom Brady can hang with anybody, but at the same time, it's like, whose edge like, if you say that both offenses are going to score points, which defense is better? Like, I don't know. I it's close, man. That's tough. It's definitely the Rams defense. It's cl- yeah, they haven't played like it, like, that's for sure. But at the same time, they are better than the Patriots defense. So um is Cole's a good play though too. All right,
0: let's go three more receivers. I like this game here. Chris Godwin against the the Cleveland Browns. Will Fuller at Jacksonville and then Nelson Aguilar face Carolina.
1: I'm gonna go with Aguilar here, just because like the Panthers where they've struggled at times is to slot receivers like Cole Beasley, 73 yards, Tyler Boyd, 132 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Sterling Shepard, 75 yards against them. They're bad over the middle of the field
0: as well. And Aguilar likes to run his routes right across the middle of the field.
1: Exactly. And so James Bradbury is probably going to be shadowing Alshon Jeffrey, which I mean, it's not like Bradbury not beatable or anything like that, but it's a tougher matchup. Whereas Captain Munderland is not like he's not someone you have to avoid in in coverage. So I think that Zach Ertz is obviously a good play, but he's going to see keep seeing attention while Nelson Aguilar, he's got to get back on track here at some point. So I I would play him. Godwin is just a touchdown or bust type of guy for me. Like, I don't think. No, he had nine targets last week, man. Denzel Ward's going to be on Mike Evans. It's going to be just like last week. Six receptions, nine targets, 56 yards, and a score. So Denzel Ward hasn't been shadowing, so he's going to see Deshaun Jackson the majority of the time. So Mike Evans is actually going to be on the other side of the field. It's it's a really weird. like I'm struggling to figure out this matchup because I think Jameis Winston could potentially have a good game, but the Browns have been better against the pass this year. So it's like trying to figure all that out. I don't think Godwin's a bad option. I have him one spot behind Aguilar. Um, But Will Fuller is last on this list just because, I mean... Where does Will Fuller get his fantasy points? Like scoring touchdowns, he gets them from like he's he's obviously a downfield threat. Over under on Houston touchdowns, one point five. I mean i I'd, I'd I'd say under. I don't
0: I don't think they score two touchdowns. I probably wouldn't make that bet because I've got it like right at one point five. But
1: it's close. It's close for sure. Like it could be two touchdowns. But Will Fuller the the routes that he runs the majority of the time in man coverage, he's not going to beat Jalen Ramsey or AJ Boyer consistently. And Watson doesn't have time to throw the ball down the field.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're definitely right. I'm just thinking about Will Fuller going up against Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey is like shutting down Rob Gronkowski and all these dudes who are like 10 times better than Will Fuller. He's probably just like yawning about Will. Uh, like Will Fuller's a good, he's a good wide receiver, but compared to some of these other guys, Jalen Ramsey has to go against. It's going to be no contest.
1: Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if the, the Jags have Jalen Ramsey's shadow around DeAndre Hopkins, but either way, it means AJ Boye would be on Fuller and Boye has been arguably better than Jalen Ramsey in coverage. Like he doesn't shadow as much as Ramsey does so that, that'll misconstrue the numbers sometimes, but AJ Boyer is so underrated. He's such a good cornerback. And I am so mad that the Jags got him in free agency when the Bears were bidding on him. Because the Bears were trying to get him when he was a free agent. And I I loved it. Like, I wish AJ Boye was on the Bears.
0: I wish that we had Trey Burton, but Boye is better. So
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that would be nice. All
0: right. Why don't you give me one name, one other guy, if you have one, that a lot of people are thinking about starting, but you just wouldn't go there.
1: Some people are talking about Robbie Anderson as somebody that they should play. I wouldn't consider it because um, the thing is like the Jets put up 42 points last week and Anderson totaled just three catches for 39 yards. He's going to be facing off against Xavier Rhodes this week. Uh, Rhodes is like a physical cornerback. Uh Minnesota can bring the pressure. So it's unlikely that we see, you know, Sam Darnold taking like deep shots down the field this week. So um I would say he's just a boomer bust wide receiver four, and not one that I'm like excited to play.
0: Yeah, I don't really have anyone in this range that that I want to play maybe Christian Kirk just because I think Arizona is that bad and a lot of people are like well Christian Kirk's leading the team yeah it's also the Arizona Cardinals offense so he's not a must sit or anything but I've got him outside my top 48 um, somebody that I am playing here Antonio Callaway against the Bucks. I mentioned it during the waiver wire show because I thought you should pick up Antonio Callaway not just as a streamer but for the next four weeks since they traded Josh Gordon Antonio Callaway has 35 targets which is top 15 in the NFL He's going up against the Bucs. Next three weeks, he's going up against three other promising, well, very easy secondaries to pick on. So I love Antonio Callaway as a pickup. Tags, I know you love Willie Sneed. Do you want to talk about that? And do you have any others that you would start?
1: Yeah, Willie Sneed is like a top 34 receiver for me this week. Like, I'm, I'm, I, you should play him if you have him. And if you can grab him off the waiver wire, I'd start him over guys like Corey Davis, over guys like Nelson Aguilar. What about like Mike Williams? Would you play him over Mike Williams? Yeah, I'd play Willie Sneed. Okay. One, another player I'd probably play over Mike Williams is Cameron Meredith. This is interesting, right? Like, this is the point where it's like we have to like think rational coaching and I, I think Sean Payton's a pretty smart dude. So Michael Thomas has been running about thirty percent of his routes out of the slot. Cameron Meredith plays he he runs about seventy percent of his routes in the slot. If the Ravens have one problem with their secondary, it's slot cornerback because Tavon Young hasn't been very good. Um he's seen eighteen targets in coverage in the slot. He's allowed 190 yards and two touchdowns on them. Do they involve Michael Thomas more in the slot to get away from Brandon Carr and Jimmy Smith, or do they, they stick, you know, status quo, and then Cameron Meredith has the best matchup throughout the game? I like Cameron Meredith as, like, an upside wide receiver four in this week, uh, and I would start him probably over someone like Mike Williams.
0: I'm going to give you guys a really sneaky start, like, if you're absolutely desperate in tags. You can weigh in, and you're probably going to want to, like, strangle me for saying this, but I honestly think that with Derek Anderson taking over at Buffalo... Going up against Indianapolis, they're going to throw the ball a lot this week. And not Kelvin Benjamin, but Zay Jones has been the best receiver on their team. He had eight targets last week. You watch the tape, and he looks so much better. Like, seriously, based on what we heard this offseason, he might have had some, like, mental health issues going on his rookie year. And he seems to just be a better football player. So maybe that got cleaned up. I mean, we remember there was reason to be excited about Zay Jones as a rookie. He's got some skills. They just need someone to pass the ball. And Derek Anderson... Let's face it. He's not great, but he's a better passer than Josh Allen. So I would consider I've got Zay Jones right now at wide receiver 50. So I would consider him if you need someone.
1: I don't know if I'm moving him up that high, but I like the boldness of your call. I actually have Zay Jones much higher than his ECR as well. Um, but I'm not, I'm not going to say he's top 50, but Derek Anderson starting definitely moved the needle in the right direction for me because Derek Anderson honestly played, he was a better passer than Cam Newton in Carolina. Um, Cam was obviously a better quarterback for that team and I'm not going to say that he's not, but Derek Anderson was a solid passer when he was in Carolina. So I, I like the boldness there. I mean, for me, I think Anthony Miller would be someone that I would uh, potentially add if you're desperate because he is on a lot of waiver wires.
0: That's a good call, too.
1: Yeah. And this is like this is one of those weeks. This is why the Bears got Anthony Miller, right? Because like there's going to be weeks where Allen Robinson is going to be matched up with with someone like Stephon Gilmore. You're going to have Taylor Gabriel matched up with Jason McCourty, who is just as fast as Taylor Gabriel. So he's going to match him step for step. But Anthony Miller in the slot like they've been mixing and matching the with between safeties and nickel cornerbacks. I don't think they have much talent at the slot cornerback position. So Anthony Miller, this could be a week where you see him step up and see more targets in the offense.
0: This doesn't really have much to do with Anthony Miller, but it did make me think about it. So I wanted to say it to you, Tags, and, and anyone else who's interested. I was watching Alan Robinson. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I forgot how good this guy is. He is a legitimate wide receiver one, yep. and he's been getting better and healthier every single week. He's still just 25 years old. Oh, Tags, he is so good.
1: Oh, yeah, he's sick, dude. What were the Jags thinking getting rid of him? So many people, like, I made a list on Twitter, I think it was last week, I think. Uh, where I put down my top 20 most talented wide receivers, like it had nothing to do with fantasy. So I told people I was like, I'm just talking about if they were all in the same situation, like who I would. Granted, some wide receivers are better in certain roles than others, but like put them all with Aaron Rodgers, who would be the best? Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. And I had Allen Robinson as a top 20 receiver, and so many people told me I was I was wrong on that. And I'm like, I'd put him top 12. Yeah, I don't think people realize how good he is as a wide receiver. He is really good. Um, it's his first year with this quarterback. You know, obviously coming off the torn ACL, he was gonna, you know, maybe not come out the box like very strong, but he's a very talented receiver. Um, So, so he's so fun to watch run rounds.
0: Yeah, he's really good. Okay, so tight ends. You obviously start all the top three guys, Ebron and Kittle and Njoku. Those aren't my top three. I'm saying after the top three, Ebron, Kittle, and Joku. Um, But then Jordan Reed, he's had one good week and everyone, including myself, was like, all right, Jordan Reed's back. Top four tight end. Here we go. And he hasn't done anything since. Is he an actual like must start or some people have been dropping him?
1: I know some people have been dropping him. Some people have been trading him. I am writing this out. I'm actually buying Jordan Reed if I can. So Jordan Reed, so we talked about this before the season and I feel, I felt the need to revisit it in the primer this week. And so I'll talk about it here. Looking at the way Alex Smith is like the wide receivers that were composed around him with Paul Richardson, with, with Josh Doxson, these are guys that never got separation in the offense, like in targets. Alex Smith is like one of the most risk adverse quarterbacks. He doesn't like throwing in a tight coverage. And so there are. 135 wide receivers or tight ends who have seen at least 15 targets of those 135 Josh Doxson ranks 124th in separation Jamison Crowder 105th in separation Paul Richardson 59th so it's it's no shock that we've seen Richardson be the most productive wide receiver for Alex Smith But looking down at Jordan Reed, he's getting much more. He's over three and a half yards of separation, so he's doing fine. His depth of target has been really weird. Um, He's he's only being targeted 6.6 yards down the field. And that's like Jay Gruden forgot how to use him. That's bizarre because Alex Smith loves tight ends. Yeah, and that's the thing is like going back to 2016 when Jordan Reed was healthy, he averaged 8.2 yards uh intended air yards. So I believe that he ran into a bad matchup with the Saints that people just assumed, oh, it's the Saints defense. You got to play Jordan Reed. Like it was never a good matchup against the Saints. They've been really good against tight ends. But the Cowboys have now allowed at least six catches and 65 yards to both Evan Ingram and Ryan Griffin. So this could be the week where Jordan Reed kind of has that breakout, and I would buy him if you can get him on the cheap. I've got him as tight end nine, so I think he is a
0: start. A couple other guys that I would definitely start, Trey Burton against the Patriots. I would start him almost against anyone, but definitely against the Patriots. And then Austin Hooper against the Giants. Tags, I think he's a great start. I was nervous about starting him last week because, yeah, he had one game where he got 12 targets, but this is back-to-back weeks. Ten targets, nine receptions, 71 yards, touchdown. Granted, it was against the Bucks, but the Giants aren't very good against tight ends either, so I wouldn't be surprised at all if Hooper goes out there and catches six more passes.
1: Well, the Giants have been better against tight ends this year. And I know what you mean. Like last
0: year. Yeah, I mean, they were the, they were the worst. And now they're like 12th. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, the thing is, is like looking at it a little bit closer. So the Giants this year have allowed just one tight end to, to secure more than three catches against them. And that was Zach Ertz last week. And Zach Ertz, I mean, he caught seven passes, but it was only for 43 yards. Yes, he found his way into the end zone. But again, they have still like Zach Ertz is the only one who's totaled more than seven PPR points against them. So I don't think that Austin Hooper is a must play. I mean, I've been touting him the last two weeks as like a must play play like this week I would rather start Evan Ingram I'd start Trey Burton I would rather start someone like OJ Howard Uh, CJ Uzoma I I'd be close to saying that he should be started over Austin Hooper but like uh, he's still in the conversation for sure but I don't think he's a must play this week
0: I've got Uzoma in my top 10
1: yeah Uzoma he's a against the Chiefs I mean he had the Steelers last week he played well and then you know going into this matchup they're going to be throwing the ball quite a bit so I have no issue playing with him again I'd play with him over Kyle Rudolph against the Jets or
0: Greg Olson at Philadelphia. Are, are you with me on that one?
1: Yeah, I don't like Greg Olson. So here's, here's some stats for those who think that Greg Olson is like, you have to consider playing him every week because his name's Greg Olson. Over his last 10 games, here is his stat line. 51 targets, 26 receptions, 294 yards, and one touchdown. So let me just do the math because... 2.6 receptions a game, 29 yards a game one touchdown in 10 games yes yes and that's the thing so people are like well Mike he wasn't healthy do you think he's healthy now that's like Jeff Humerman man yeah no so that's the thing is like so Greg Olson has openly said I'm going to require surgery on my foot after the season but I'm pushing it off so I can play so you can't say well he was hurt last 10 games Mike well he he's still hurt and yeah this offense there's just so many players in it Philadelphia has been a top five defense against tight ends the last or two of the last three years so I don't think Olsen's a must play at all. In fact, I have him as a sit. And Philadelphia is so
0: good against tight ends. I had Olsen at 16. I might move him down. That's, those are great numbers.
1: Yeah, for sure. And that's the thing. That's like these things that I, I discover while looking through, you know, every player from every game and all that stuff. But Olsen hasn't been good.
0: Ricky Seals-Jones is a start for me against Denver. Uh, Denver's been better against tight ends this year, but there's still a team that I would pick on. And Ricky Seals-Jones has been heavily involved. He's been their number two option. He's extremely talented. I, I think Ricky Seals Jones, if you plug him in on Indianapolis or Cleveland or one of these other teams, he'd be a star.
1: Um, <sighs> I mean, he's an athlete for sure. And um, I think that he has some playability to him. Um, the, the worry here in this game is that it's potentially a lower scoring game, right? Like, I don't think we imagine like many points being scored in this game. That means touchdowns are going to be hard to come by. And when you're looking for a streamer at the tight end position, you ideally would like to get a touchdown and Ricky Seals Jones has one on the year and it came in a broken down play where the Bears just forgot to cover him so I don't love him but the thing is the nice thing is, is he's seen 16 targets in Rosen's three starts so he's being he's being targeted so I mean I don't think it's like the worst play of all so if you have him and Kyle Rudolph you playing I'd probably still play Rudolph just because I know who the quarterback is um, and I know that the Vikings don't necessarily have a run game I just think it's more likely we get a touchdown out of Kyle Rudolph than we do Seals Jones but if you wanted to play Seals Jones over Greg Olson I wouldn't have any issues with that. I'm playing Seals Jones over them both. Um, anyone else
0: that you would even consider? I mean, we've talked about 14 guys here. Would you play Cameron Brady against Cleveland, Benjamin Watson against Baltimore, Jeff Swaim, Charles Clay, it's ugly. After those 14, it is horrible.
1: Yeah, like Watson hasn't looked great this year. I mean, it's very possible that Baltimore kind of overlooks him and their game plan to stop all these wide receivers and running backs. It's possible. So I think... That, I don't want to trust it, though. He's someone that I think has a shot at a touchdown, though. Like, where it's like, if you look at the games and you're trying to predict, like, okay, what what one, which one of these has the best shot? I think Watson is atop the, the list. So he's like a high-end, tight end, two for me. But yeah, nobody else is really... I mean, Cameron Braid against Cleveland, it's always possible, but he's playing like half the snaps of OJ Howard. So I I mean, I think I would rather
0: play Dallas Goddard than Cameron Braid. I think that Dallas Goddard is more talented. Mm -hmm. I think he has a better matchup and he's probably going to see as many snaps. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. (laughs) That's for sure. All right, man. Let's go to DST here to close out the show. And there's a lot of good streaming options this week. The best of them is definitely Indianapolis, who's now moved up to number two in ECR. They're going up against Buffalo. Uh, Derek Anderson is starting there. If it was Peterman, I could see having them in my top three. But against Derek Anderson, I've got Indianapolis number five. Obviously, though, they're a great streaming start.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. The Colts were definitely my number one uh, option. I think the Bills are a good option, too. The Bills have played such better defense. You know, they've played some tough matchups recently and they've they played really well. Going into Indianapolis against a, a Colts team that's missing, you know, over half its starters in the offensive line. Andrew Luck is probably going to be down his number one, his number two receiver, his number one tight end. Like, there's just a lot of issues here. They've got 15 sacks over the last four weeks. They dominated the
0: Vikings. They dominated the Titans, which isn't saying much. Right. They sacked Houston seven times. They slowed down Green Bay to 22 points. This is a defense that carried them into the playoffs last year.
1: They're a good defense. Yep, that's what I'm saying. Is like you talk about they played so they they've played Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers, Marcus Mariota, and Deshaun Watson over the last 4 weeks and they haven't allowed a single team more than 22 points. Good, man. <laughs> it is pretty good. Um Houston's
0: probably owned, Chargers, Philadelphia, but Arizona's looking uh, pretty tasty against Case Keenum, who's just not a very good quarterback. Maybe we'll see Chad Kelly this week in Arizona has a lot of talent as well. You already mentioned it's going to be a low scoring game. I think they'll get a couple sacks, a couple turnovers
1: and, and put up enough points to be a DST one. Yeah. It's not a bad matchup for them. Um Like obviously Denver needs to get their run game going, but they, they also lost Ron Leary. Um, that's like the big knock on that. Right. So Ron Leary is the, the offensive lineman they brought there to be like a game changer. And he has been for their run game. And now that he's out, I mean, him and like Garrett Bowles, like I think benefited from Leary being there. So if Bowles like continues to struggle like that, left side of the offensive line is not very good. Um, so yeah, I think the Cardinals are a solid start here. So my favorite besides Indianapolis
0: is Detroit. I've got them all the way up at DST six. Their ECR is number 12. But I mean, we're talking about Brock Osweiler going up against a Lions team that has 17 sacks
1: through five games. That's really good, tags. It's not a bad start at all. I think that they're like one of those last-hitch effort, like ones that is probably on the waiver wire because the Lions should never, almost never be played. Held the Patriots to 10 points. Yeah, you'd consider them for sure.
0: Also gave up 48 points to Sam Darnold. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Matt Patricia knew that team very well. So to see the, the Lions' defense play well against the Patriots doesn't really shock me. He knew what to take away, and he did. He took away Rob Gronkowski, and um, that shut them down. Anyone else you would play? Maybe uh, New England against
0: Chicago, Washington face Dallas.
1: Nah, none of those guys really like interest me.
0: Yeah, it's pretty ugly after you get to those. But like I said, four good streaming options. I wouldn't play the uh, Chicago Bears against the Patriots or Baltimore against New Orleans. If you own them, don't play them. Same with Carolina against Philadelphia. Do you agree, Tags? Yeah, pretty much. All right, man, that's all for today's show. Uh, Tags, this was fun, buddy. It was fun, dude. It was like these these hours, they fly by. And thank yeah, thank you guys for listening. And make sure to check out our sponsor, Simple Contacts. You can get $20 off by going to simplecontacts.com slash fantasypros or just enter the promo code fantasypros at checkout. And again, fanduel.com, one of our listeners, won a trip to the live final worth $62,000. Make sure to check out their contest. Maybe that can be you this week. For Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football.
1: I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.